It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, good to be back. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, right, Scooter? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday, December 21st. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. Welcome me back. Welcome back. After a couple of days off, uh, thanks for all the prayers and well wishes for my sister-in-law. The double lung transplant surgery, it just sounds rough, was uh, successful. Uh, Not out of the woods yet, but uh, she's doing uh, better than expected after a 14-hour surgery. Holy smoke. Yeah. So I was in Lexington for a couple days, heading back up there after the show to uh, retrieve... My wife, my my uh, um, wife's sister is who had the surgery. So going to grab my wife, get her home for a couple of nights of sleep, and before we uh, head back up to the hospital, we'll be spending Christmas Day in the UK Albert Chandler Happy Albert Happy Chandler Medical Center. So, uh, but it'll be a festive holiday because my sister-in-law is doing well. So, thank you for all the well wishes to the people who texted me and. Uh, tweeted at me, and, uh, and I just want to know that uh, our family really appreciates it. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. 384-1450 is the number if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Give me a call. You can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Running out of time to get that free breakfast at Thornton's right now. Get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito or along with any fountain drink, tea, fizz, freeze, or 20-ounce bottle soda. All you have to do is become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app, register for Refreshing Rewards, and earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The real reason, or the reason you thought I didn't come in, the uh, unsponsored six-pack 0-6 again. Wolf. Yeah. Thank you, Bengals. Tampa Bay had a 17. It took Tom Brady losing a home game after being up 17 points for the first time in his career for me to not win a game. That was my last hope there on the uh, six-pack. So, all right. It is what it is. Two of the last three weeks, 0-6. I hope you take my advice and bet against me. That's all. I've said it 100 times on this show. Bet against me. Three and three is a great week for me. <laughs> oh and six, I sort of expect it. I had bowl games that didn't go my way. I had NFL games that didn't go my way. The Chiefs and the Bills, who I said I'm going to take them the rest of the year. Yikes. Bills, uh, the Chiefs get taken to overtime by the uh, Houston Texans. How many overtime <sighs> games has Houston played this year? Seems like every other they week. They had Dallas beat. Uh, they've got one win. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, the Chiefs have lost, by the way, to the Indianapolis Colts, and they got taken overtime by the Houston Texans. Think about that. Uh, and the Bills, you know, that was, uh, we were expecting the big snowstorm against Miami. The snow came midway fourth quarter. So Miami was still in the game, was in the, you know, overtime, right? The game went yeah. overtime again. Mm-hmm. I think so. A lot of overtime games. Crazy weekend in the NFL. I was really disappointed when I flipped to that Bills game and the field just wasn't covered. Oh, me too. So disappointed. <laughs> me too. Minnesota Saturday. 
down 33 nothing at halftime to your Indianapolis Colts? <sighs> wow. Biggest comeback in NFL history. It uh, Crazy year. Did you see the stat on Matt Ryan? Crazy year. On uh, who? On Matt Ryan. No, go ahead. He's on, He was on the losing end of the biggest oh, comeback wow. in Super Bowl history yeah. and regular season history. That's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say, well, uh, we were in the Super Bowl at least. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, sad news, NFL news today. Franco Harris, I know you're a Steeler guy, mm-hmm. 72 years old, passed away. And the timing of this is incredible because this weekend is the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Franco Harris scheduled to have his uniform jersey retired in Pittsburgh this weekend. And he passes away, where are, what are we, three days? They, they play Saturday night, three days before the event. Um, Raiders Steelers Saturday night, by the way, 50 year anniversary, uh, eight 15 on NFL network. I'm sure they'll still uh, retire the Jersey. I'm sure there'll still be a ceremony, but it'll be uh, a very sad ceremony now with Franco Harris having passed away yeah. at the age of 72. And you mentioned to me before we went on the air, we lost Tom Browning this week, former Reds pitcher, the only pitcher in Reds history to throw a perfect game. He was 62. And, uh, again, just found unresponsive. I don't know what happened to uh, Tom Browning, but uh, I remember Tom Browning from uh, Wrigley Field going and sitting over on top of one of the roofs during a Reds-Cubs game <laughs> in full uniform. He just went over, wasn't pitching that day. So I'm going to go out here, go across the street, go up on one of the roofs and uh, see what's happening. <laughs> Why not? Ah, fun stuff. And Franco Harris, back to Franco Harris. He's remembered for the Immaculate Reception. Um, Back in that era, it was 1972, 50 years ago, obviously. Back in that era, if an offensive player tipped the ball, another offensive player was in it, nobody else could catch it. Nobody else on the offense could catch it and advance it. Now you can tip it. You have tip drill, all that stuff. But back then... The rule was if an offensive player touches the ball, he is the only one that can make the reception. So the question for years, and video did not help settle this question, was did it hit a Raider or did it hit a Steeler? Or did it hit both? Frenchie Fuqua was the uh, defender for the Raiders or Jack Tatum was a defender. Frenchie Fuqua was the Pittsburgh Steeler running back that may have gotten a hand on it. And if he did, it's an ineligible catch. But the referees talked it over. He didn't have replay back then, and I'm not sure replay would have helped because it's grainy, and everything we see, you're just not sure. Hmm. I had never heard that. Yeah. Interesting. But Franco Harris is known for that. But he should be known for a lot more than that because he was a great running back. This was a day, and this was the start of the Steeler dynasty. That season was the start of the Steeler dynasty because you had Terry Bradshaw had come in. You had Lynn Swan. You had Stallworth. They got mean Joe Green that year. was his rookie year. It started to establish that defense with Jack Lamb, Jack Hambert, L.C. Greenwood on the, on the defensive line and linebackers. Tony Dungy, by the way, was one of the DBs on that team. I mentioned Frenchie Fuqua. Uh, he was he was great. 
it was um, – and they ran the ball. Rocky Blyer was the fullback. We had fullbacks back then, guys that were in the game just to block for the running back. We don't have that anymore. There's, there's three or four of them. Uh, yeah, what do they call them now? H-backs, um, extra linemen. <laughs> but uh, Franco Harris, you got to remember Terry Bradshaw, who's in the Hall of Fame, Lynn Swan's in the Hall of Fame. Franco Harris, obviously, in the Hall of Fame. These, this was a run-first offense. Chuck Noll was ground and pound, man. So, yeah, Lynn Swan made a big catch in the Super Bowl, and and uh, some of those other guys would make good, ca- nice catches. But they, Rocky Blyer would block. Terry Bradshaw would turn around, hand it to Franco Harris on first down, second down, and if it was third and less than three, he'd hand it to him on third down. He got tw- he uh, averaged twelve hundred yards a year. For about 10 years, he was very consistent. And what we remember about Franco Harris is the immaculate reception. It's not fair, but uh, and it's one of the greatest nicknames for a play ever. Can you think of a better nickname for a play? No. Miracle on Ice? That's a, that's a game. That's not mm-hmm. a play. Uh, kick six. Ki- kick six is great. Alabama-Auburn kick six is great. Miracle uh, at the Meadowlands. Uh Miracle, what the Nashville miracle? What do they call? Well, based on the fact that I can't remember what they call it, it's probably it's not, not a good. great nickname. Probably not a great nickname. By the way, Steelers have a fullback on their roster now, Derek Watt, and he's listed as a fullback. I would love to, and I, you don't have time for this, and I don't want you to do this. I'd love to know how many teams have fullbacks listed on the roster. I'm going to say, by the four. way, Rocky Blyer, he got the ball a lot as a fullback. He would get five, six, seven carries a game. These guys don't get that anymore. They might get one. There's a guy in Minnesota, Ham. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. C.J. Ham. Yeah. And uh, they'll give him the third and one carry once per three games. Once every three games, he'll get a carry. But these guys are in there to block. You got you got Xander Horvath. He's a fullback, and he'll catch it. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, he caught a touchdown in the season opener for the Chargers this year. Purdue guy. But uh, again. I love this text from Phoenix Hill Richard. The first electric football game I got as a kid was Steelers-Cowboys because they were in the Super Bowl the year before. Remember electric football? No. Oh, man. You would you would have – you're ADHD. You would have hated electric football. <laughs> what is that supposed well, to be? Well, because they – you know, you'd, you'd turn it on and the guys would hop up and down the, the field on the metal – football field, and you never knew where they were going. You couldn't control where they were going. It was the worst game ever while being the greatest game ever. All right, uh, before I get to college basketball, Carlos Correa, did you see this? Yeah, crazy. As of yesterday, at this time, Carlos Correa, shortstop, was going to sign with the San Francisco Giants. Now, I don't know what happened, but he's now a New York Met. 12 years, $315 million with the Mets. He had agreed to a 13-year, $350 million contract with the San Francisco Giants. However, during the physical, somebody had an issue. I think the Giants said something doesn't look right. On your physical, we're going to have to think about this. We're going to have to go over it with a fine-tooth comb. In the meantime, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, swoops in and says, uh, 
I guess he says you don't need to take a physical to come play for the Mets. Because overnight, Carlos Correa signed with the New York Mets. And you're not allowed to talk about the Yankees anymore being the evil empire. It's going to be the Mets now. See how much money they've spent? I can tell you, and I'm going to get to that, that last year I was pulling for the Mets. Great story. Love the way they play. Diaz coming in out of the bullpen to that stupid song. Uh, <laughs> Lindor, the polar bear. It was fun. They were fun to watch. I, I, Brandon Nimmo at the top of the lineup. I love watching them play, and I was pulling for them. They're going to be the Yankees this year. People are going to be pulling against them. They're going to be pulling against the Mets. The Mets, since free agency has began, have signed Carlos Correa, Brandon Nimmo, $162 million, Edwin Diaz, $102 million, Justin Verlander, $86 million, Kodai Singa, you're supposed to say bless you when I say that. I've never heard of him. $75 million. He's from Japan, obviously. Mm. Well, not obviously, but he's from Japan. Jose Quintana, $26 million. Omar Narvaez, $15. Adam Odovino, re-signed $14.5 million. David Robertson, who was in the Philly bullpen last year, $10 million. That's $806 million. Their salary cap luxury tax hit this year is going to be $111 million. That's the salary tax. That's not the salaries they're paying. That's the salary tax. It's going to be the largest payroll in Major League Baseball history. So you can't yell at the Dodgers anymore. You can't yell at the Yankees anymore. And it's going to be the biggest luxury tax in the history of professional sports. $111 million. There are 10, count them, 10 Major League Baseball teams whose entire payroll is not $111 million. Their entire payroll is not the amount that the Mets are going to have to pay in luxury tax. Think about that. Are you a fan of no salary cap and majors? I don't like the term salary cap. Um, but if you don't have one, then the Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, uh, Cubs are going to be the only teams that compete. Houston, large market teams, which is kind of what you have anyway. Because the teams I mentioned, the, the 10 teams that I haven't mentioned that are under that payroll, $111 million payroll, the Reds, the Royals, the Diamondbacks, the Athletics, the Pirates, I mean, they're the same old story. Mm -hmm. And they're – for the most part, teams that have no legitimate shot to get into, uh, I'll say, the championship series. Sometimes one or more will sneak into the playoffs. The A's do it once in a while. They sneak into the playoffs. The Reds have done it. But they're not going to, you know, you're sneaking in, then you're sneaking, saying, thank you, cup of coffee, I'm back out. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the salary cap. I understand the salary cap. But, but there's no salary there cap in no baseball. There is no salary right. cap in baseball. Yeah. That's why the NFL's great. That's why NFL has parity, because there's a salary cap. Mm -hmm. um, you think that'll should, change? I think there's – no, I don't. I don't, because as long as they're paying these luxury taxes, Major League Baseball is fine with it. Yeah. We're good with it. 
pay the luxury tax. Some of it will go here, and some of it will come right into the Major League Baseball's pocket. Carlos Correa and the Mets, $315 million, 12 years. Now, what I want to know is, what was the medical issue? What was it? Or was this cold feet? Was this, Now, Scott Boris, the agent to the stars, is uh, the agent for Carlos Correa. And I have a feeling, look, the Giants, they struck out on Aaron Judge. They're not going to be great next year. Carlos Correa played with a great Houston team. Yes, they cheated. I get it. That was a great team. World Series champion. Then he went to Minnesota for a year. He had an opt-out after the one year. You're in Minnesota. You're playing in the National, the American League Central. You're playing in Cleveland. You're playing in Kansas City a lot. Play the White Sox. Okay. All right. You got Detroit in the, in the division with you. Okay. We can contend. He didn't want to be in Minnesota. I, I think him. he saw the Giants roster. You agree to the terms. Okay, you're going to come play here. And I think he got cold feet because the Giant offer was more. It was more. And I think he called Scott Boris and said, hey, I don't want to be here. Look at this. I've looked at this roster. We're not going to win. We're in the same division with the Dodgers and the Padres. Look at those two rosters. We're not going to going anywhere. And I, I think he got cold feet, didn't want in, and they made up this story about there being a, there's a problem with the physical. Giants have a problem with the physical. And the Giants played along and said, okay, you're not going to sign? All right, fine. We'll play along with that. And I think he told his, his agent, Scott Boris, I want to go to somewhere that's going to win. And the Mets, look, I don't know what the difference is, 12 years, 315, or 13 years, 350. I guess annually he's going to be making more with the Mets, but overall salary, $350 million was with uh, San Francisco. He's 28. He's going to be 40 at the end of this contract. I don't know where he's going to play in New York. Francisco Lindor's the shortstop. Maybe he plays third. Maybe they move Lindor to second, and he plays shortstop. Um, they'll find a spot for his bat, I can mm-hmm. tell you that. All right, I'm up against it. Let's take a break. It's National Signing Day in college football. Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana, all sitting around. They used to sit around the fax machine, right, and wait for the faxes to come in. You don't have to do that anymore. No. They're, they're, around, the, uh, they're around the intranet. They're, around, they're uh, getting them uh, electronically sent to them, these uh, signing day guys. Cards got their quarterback. Cats got their quarterback. We'll talk about all that and more, including college hoops. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. On this Wednesday hump day. I'm no Tony Burke today. He's coaching. Ed Peak will join me in studio tomorrow. Tomorrow will be our final show of the week. Uh before Christmas. And then we're off Monday, right? Scooter? No, That's the no word. shows Monday. Yep. I hear. Uh I'm just here to rant today. I didn't do any research. Other than Carlos Correa, I didn't do any research. 
uh, too busy with other stuff, you know, family items. I'm, Christmas stuff I got to get done before the weekend. Are you done shopping? Almost. Not quite. I was going to go today until my wife called me from Lexington and said I had to come pick her up in Lexington today after the show. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pressed for time. But today's just a rant day. I'm ranting. Louisville basketball, Kentucky basketball. I would rant on Indiana because they cost me some money on the spread last night, but they still won by 24 without TJD and, and Xavier Johnson. And Jordan Geronimo. <sighs> we... Uh, as a gambler, Mike Woodson, you got to tell us when these, some of these guys aren't playing. <laughs> now, I know Xavier Johnson was hurt. I knew that. Everybody knew that. He is load managing this team. By the way, Eminem Carnage Hotline open 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at 414-1450. I'm reading a text from the previous show. <laughs> I thought it was for me, but it's not, so I won't uh, I won't hit it. Um, Mike Woodson, Indiana beat Elon last night. I don't know if it was Elon Musk. I don't know who it was. But they beat Elon by, Elon by 24 last night, 96-72. No TJD, no Xavier Johnson. And you mentioned no Joe Geronimo. Race Thompson, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Miller Cop had 13 uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, 17.7 assists. He is the real deal. But I got to know when TJD's not playing because I'm giving 30 points last night, Scooter. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. 30. I've lost on with Indiana the, two times now, and both of them was because TJD sat and had no idea he was sitting. I'm giving 30 with the assumption, and that's my fault. I should never assume anything that the uh, one of the player of the year candidates is going to be fully dressed out. He was not. Uh, this is load management. Mike Woodson is a former NBA coach. This is great use of your roster. Now, the fans don't have to like it. If you're a, let's say you're an Indiana fan and you're taking your kid to his first Indiana game and you can afford one game, one game a year. It's all you, you know, you don't have a lot of money. I'm taking my son, and we're going to go see the All American, Trace Jackson Davis. And you show up and he's not playing. That, that's not the mindset of Indiana fans, though. I mean, yeah, it's it was it's, it's a bummer. It's the mindset of that one fan who's going to that one game and taking to his kid to his first Indiana game. Yeah, that's but it's his mindset. I think overall as a whole, it's we're just excited to see Indiana. It's oh, you're absolutely. Not go, you're not going in with Especially the mindset now that of, they're a top twenty team. You're absolutely, not, you're not going in with the mindset of I just want to see Trace Jackson Davis. But you might be taking your kid to see Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, and it would be a big bummer. It's if a you show bummer, up and it's not. It's a bummer playing. for me that yeah. went and laid the thirty. Yeah. I mean, let's get down to it. It's all about me. Put your me. selfishness aside. It's all about me. <laughs> but this is load management, and I have no problem with load management to get back on track here. Trace Jackson Davis is preseason first-team All-American. If he doesn't play against Elon or some of these other schools, that's not going to hurt that. Doesn't help he either. Is a, he's a top-10 draft pick. Not playing against Elon, or give me another one of these teams they played. St. Francis. There you go. Somebody like that. That's okay. It's not going to hurt his draft status. And, by the way, I want Trace Jackson Davis healthy in February and March. And April, hopefully. So I have no problem with it. It's just that we don't see this at the 
college basketball level. We see it at the NBA level all the time. It started with Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs Kawhi back in their Leonard. heyday. Well, back before that. He's still getting loaded. He would sit, sit Tim Duncan and uh, Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker yeah, all on the same night. And the NBA got on him and said, you can't do that. Yeah, set one of them. You can't set them all three. People are paying good money to come see those guys play. And he would do it on road games against Eastern Conference teams where you only visited once a year. And he said, hey, you know, you got a bad toe, and this guy's got a bad elbow. Yeah, he was lying. NCAA basketball, you don't see it done. And, and you know what? This might be something that happens more often. Hope not. Because if you're playing a game that you're a 30-point favorite against a mid-major team, you're at home, your guy's got a, and I'm doing air quotes here, bad back, sore back. I don't know if Trace Jackson Davis has a sore back. I know he did hurt it in the game earlier in the year. You could see it during the game. But now it's load management. He, if, if they're playing Kansas last night or Arizona or a Big Ten game, he's in the lineup. No doubt in my mind. I'm wondering how much of a say the players have in that because those are those games are really good opportunities to pad your stats. But stats don't the, the stats don't matter. Stats do mm. not matter. They not, don't. Not to you and I, but they might to those guys. 35 points against Elon is not going to hurt or help his average enough to make it worth his while at the end of the year when. He's waiting to see if he's a first-team All-American. That one game or two or three of those games, not going to be enough. And what if he comes out and scores seven points and does gets in foul trouble, then doesn't play the second half because they've got a 30-point lead? That hurts his numbers. So yeah, that could go either way. I But again, Mike Davis is going to do what he thinks is best for his team. You got Xavier Johnson out with the foot now. You had Jalen Hood Shafino. I'm going to get that name right for the years over. One of these days. Out for a while with the banged up. Geronimo, I don't know what problem with Jordan Geronimo is right now. You've had your share of injuries. And Trace Jackson Davis, as I mentioned, he did strain that back a little earlier in the year. But right now it's a, it's an opportunity to say, up, oh, bad back. You know, we're going to sit him out. Just let me know a little earlier in the day. That's all. That's all I'm asking. But I think it's a great move. I do. He's going to play in Big Ten games. Is he going to play again? Who's the worst team in the Big Ten, Scooter? Who? Minnesota, probably. Minnesota. Um, Northwest. Yeah, probably between those Is he going to play against Northwestern? Yeah. You sure? No. No, you're not. <laughs> Neither am I. If he's healthy, that's the question. Is he going to play? Uh, who's Indiana got next, by the way? No idea. Stinker. I think it's a stinker. Oh, uh, Kennesaw State, maybe. Oh, out of the Atlantic Sun, Bellarmine, yeah. uh, one of the Bellarmine opponents. It is correct, Kennesaw State. Speaking of bad opponents, Kentucky and uh, Florida A&M tonight. <laughs> Cats are only 38-point favorites in Rupp Arena, 7 o'clock SEC Network tonight. Uh, did you see what Bryce Hopkins did last night for Providence? You even know who Bryce Hopkins? I do. Yeah, former Kentucky Wildcat. We no. we briefly touched on it this morning, but I never did pick points, up. Twenty nine points, twenty three rebounds. Oh wow! In Good a two, double overtime win at home against Marquette, he is the guy that would be in Jacob Toppin's spot. Mm-hmm. But he was behind Jacob Toppin last year, and that's one of the reasons he transferred. Cal is getting a really good reputation here, and I know you're sick of hearing it from the KSR guys, so and the callers, Scooter. So I'm going to be brief here. 
I'm going to try to be brief. That's hard for me. But I'm going to try to be brief. Kentucky fans are sick and tired. Are they sick? Yes, and tired of hearing about a couple of different things. Number one, all the guys that Cal puts in the NBA, the billions of dollars of contracts that Cal has sent to the NBA. Kentucky fans' question is, how many titles have we won in the Cal era? The answer is one with Anthony Davis. Special player, great player, injured again right now. Look at the guys that are leading the NBA in categories this year. And one of the guys we don't even talk about, we never talk about him. We talk about Anthony Davis. We talk about Devin Booker. He's been great. We talk about maybe Julius Randle, right? We talk about Jamal Murray, who's hurt again now for Denver was putting up great numbers in the NBA. Who else do we talk about, Scooter? Can you throw another Kentucky player out there? Because they're everywhere. They are everywhere. P.J. Yeah. Washington Malik in Charlotte. Monk. De'Aaron Fox is yeah. having a great year in Isaiah Sacramento. Isaiah Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel but Isaiah's quickly. fine. Yeah. Isaiah Emmanuel. Jackson. Isaiah of, Jackson, Of the yeah. uh, Pacers. The guy we never talk about, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Ooh, I thought you were going with Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's doing he's okay. he's putting up good numbers, too. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, last check, and I'll have to update it, 31 a game, leading the NBA. Wow. We don't even talk about it. But fans are sick and tired of hearing about all these guys that Cal sent to the NBA. Remember you had Devin Booker and Tyler Eulis sitting on the bench in that 2015 Final Four game and the uh, Harrison Twins in the game when you lost to Wisconsin. You lost to UConn in a national championship game. I don't even know if they've got a player on the NBA roster now. Kentucky's probably got four or five from that team. I, by the way, I didn't mention Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's but done. Kentucky fans are sick of hearing about that because they want to win. They don't want to lose to St. Peter's again. Right? The other thing they don't want to hear about, and it's just the last few years, Numbers of transfer portal guys. Remember Johnny Juzang? Mm-hmm. Went to UCLA, was uh, second leading scorer on a team that went to the Final Four because Cal didn't have room for him anymore. Somebody was coming in to take his place. And now last night, Bryce Hopkins puts up 29-23 and 23 for Providence, not yeah. for not for Kentucky. Don't forget Keon Brooks as well. He's out at Washington, but he's pretty good lighting numbers. it up. Yeah, he's lighting it up. Fans are getting restless. I know Louisville fan is more restless than Kentucky fan right now. I How get could it. They not be. I get it. But Kentucky fan is getting restless, and I join them in their restlessness. Because if I'm Kentucky fan. I'm tired of seeing this. The Cats are 4-13 and 13 in their last 17 games against ranked opponents. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Don't we hear from Cal all the time, this is the gold standard of college basketball? The, wow. gold, the gold standard is not 4-13 and 13 against top 25 teams. It's like bronze. Uh, I don't even think it's a medal, medalist. <laughs> I think you get a, a we participated trophy. <laughs> Thanks for playing. And the UCLA game 
on Saturday was just another example of a great recruiter and a great motivational speaker who has trouble during basketball games getting his team to execute. At some point, it's not the players. There's a lot of talent on that team. Cason Wallace, very talented. We saw Chris Livingston sort of have a coming out party against UCLA. He's really good. There's going to be a change in the starting lineup tonight. I have to imagine it's Chris Livingston coming in and Jacob Toppin going to the bench. I'm guessing that. Wheeler's not coming out. As much as UK fan gives him grief, he's not coming out. Shebway's a fixture. Wallace. Wallace is a fixture. So the only thing you could the only guys you can take out are Reeves or Toppin. You're going to put in Livingston. You're not going to take Reeves out. You're going to leave Reeves in the game. You got to have a shooter. But let him play. He doesn't let him play. Every time they get the ball, hey, let's set up a play. This dribble drive offense doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work anymore. And the fans are getting frustrated because you don't beat anybody good. They've lost to Gonzaga, Michigan State, now UCLA. They did beat Michigan, but they're nowhere near the top 25 right now. And then you play a bunch of patsies. You're going to beat uh, Florida A&M by 40 tonight. You're probably going to beat Louisville in the next game you play by 20 or 30. SEC took a beating last night, by the way. Mississippi yeah, State is no longer undefeated. They lost to Drake. Who else? Who else lost last night? Ole Miss lost. North uh, North Alabama. North Alabama. That is another, by At the home. way, Atlantic Sun team. Another Bellarmine opponent. You had Texas A and M lost to Wofford, also at home. Alabama was only up one on Jackson State yeah. at halftime. They won by twenty, Squeaked but they were only, one up, out. only up one at halftime. So maybe it's a good year to be in the SEC if you're Kentucky. Tennessee lost to Arizona on Saturday. That's nothing to sneeze at. Tennessee's good. Arkansas's good. After that, I don't know. But Kentucky fans getting restless, man. It's it's fun for a radio show guy. It's fun. It makes it easy. Can't you make the argument that Kentucky fans stay restless, though? I mean, they have such high expectations. Well, the other thing about Kentucky, I'll, and I agree with that, but the other thing I'll say about Kentucky is, when are we going to stop saying Mitch Barnhart's the greatest AD to ever come along? Oh, they hate him. Because he hired Billy Gillespie. <laughs> Did we forget that? You don't, you don't, you're not taking advantage of NIL like other programs are. That's going to hurt you, especially in football. Basketball is still going to be basketball, but in football, that's going to hurt you. You won't allow alcohol sales at uh, Kroger Field unless you're in the VIP suite. Mm-hmm. Then you can drink all you want. Okay. People are not happy about that. No. All right. Happy National Signing Day. Talk a little Louisville basketball tonight. We got a bowl game as well. I'll try to give you a winner. I'm due. You're listening to Spears <laughs> on Sports presented by Evan M. Cartage on the Big X. Anywhere y'all, everywhere y'all. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it on the X. Welcome back, Spears Talk Sports, presented by Eminem Carnage. John Spears in studio, final segment. My buddy Buck from Iroquois Park pointing out, I thought you were going to take a hiatus after last week's six-pack. 
That's why you were off. <laughs> I know the feeling, he says. Yeah, you're right. 0-6 on the six-pack. We'll try to do better this week. We can't do worse. No. I've said that before, but in this case, it's true. 0 for 6. If I pick six games next week, I can't do worse than 0 for 6. Now, the way they lose could be worse because, man, I've had some unbelievably bad beats in the last three weeks. Unbelievable. That's why you don't bet, Scooter. I tried to teach you. You're a young guy, and I know you like to get you like to do these uh, in-game live, oh, yeah, live, live plays. <sighs> but they they can hurt you too. I will. Uh, I'll see you at the poorhouse. Yeah. <sighs> All right. National Signing Day. Kentucky picked up their quarterback, Devin Leary, transfer from NC State, number one quarterback in the portal. So Vince Merrill, Mark Stoops, they continue to get guys in there. They. Signing class is uh, continuing to come in, and it looks like Cats have gotten just about everybody that had committed to them. Uh, again, I don't talk about commitments very often. I will talk when they finally sign on the dotted line. Pierce Clarkson, the Louisville commit from St. John Bosco in California, their quarterback of the future, has signed on the dotted line now. So now we can talk about Pierce Clarkson. Because there were rumors right after the coaching change that, uh-oh, Maybe they're going to lose a lot of these recruits. That's this so-called best recruiting class in Louisville history. Well, they've held on to some of them, and that's the good news. And Jeff Brom's bringing guys in. He got a guy from Penn State, uh, 6'5", 350, 6'7", I'm sorry, 350. I don't, I don't have the name in front of me, a beast defensive lineman. But the truth is he didn't play a lot at Penn State, so how good is he? Well, we're going to find out. Stephen Heron, Trinity alumnus that went to Stanford, edge rusher slash linebacker. He's coming back to Louisville now. So um, I, we knew Jeff Brom would kill it. We knew Jeff Brom and his staff would kill it in recruiting, and that's exactly what's happening here. And uh, by the end of the day, Kentucky and Louisville will have just about everybody they thought they were going to get. Have you followed Indiana at all, Scooter, on this? Because Absolutely not. I don't think it's going to be a banner year. Never I'm is. I'm surprised. Are you surprised Tom Allen's still the coach? I'm a little bit surprised. A little bit, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised. But it, it's one of those situations, I think, where if you get rid of Tom Allen, who who do you go out and get? Like That's who, a tough who, spot. Who wants to come to Indiana yeah. and be a football coach? There know? are 1,900 players in the transfer portal, by the way. That's it? 1,900. Uh, I had the number. I said the crazy number a couple weeks ago. I had it was that. like 3,000? Yeah, I was way off. Okay. You know, this. there's no research on this show. <laughs> um, it's the wild, wild west, though. And Pat Narduzzi, the Pitt football coach, had some comments about Drake May. The uh, North Carolina quarterback, he came out on uh, in an interview and said Drake May was offered $5 million by two different teams and that he knew the teams, but he wasn't going to name the teams. Look, if you're going to say something like that, then have the nuts to name the team. Uh-huh. All right? Don't just say, look, I know for certain that uh, two teams offered Drake May $5 million apiece, and that's tampering, which it is. Um uh, so to come play for them, but he stayed at North Carolina. Will the North Carolina say we'll match that? Why did, Why would you stay at North Carolina if Team A, we'll call them Team A, Alabama, or <laughs> Team C, we'll call them Team Clemson, 
<laughs> offered you $5 million, why are you still at North Carolina? Unless North Carolina came back and said, you stay here, we'll give you $4 million. Well, our NIL people will come up with $4 million for you. So did he announce that he's staying at Carolina? Yeah, he announced he's staying at Carolina. So Pat Narduzzi said this is, uh, this is sad, this is bad for the game, and it's not going to get any better. And the truth of the matter is, when the NCAA decided to allow all this, I'm fine with these pairs get, play, players getting paid. They're doing the work. If Mark Stoops is going to make $8.5 million or Jeff Brom's going to make $5.5 million, I don't care if their quarterback makes a million bucks. He's doing the work, right? He is the – nobody's going to the game to watch Mark Stoops. Nobody's going to the game to watch Jeff Brom. They're going to the game to watch the players. So if the players are bringing the fans into the stadium, if the NIL money is there, I'm fine with it. The problem is there's no end in sight. There's no cap. We talked about salary cap earlier. Where does this end up? And I don't think the NCAA or the powers that be thought much about where this ends up when they allowed it to start happening. It's sort of, well, you know, it's not going to be that bad because all, nobody's going to pay an offensive lineman. Sure they are. Why wouldn't you pay an offensive lineman? He's as important as a running back or a wide receiver. Ask the quarterback who's more important, my left tackle or my running back. His left tackle is more important. That's what they said when they legalized all this is that oh, you're opening up Pandora's box. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what this is going to turn into. Well, uh, and, and we didn't. And now look. 1,900 players in the portal because there's no waiting anymore. There's no sitting out a year. You get in the portal, you, you move, you play. Devin Leary to Kentucky. Stephen Heron to Louisville. I mean, this is Will Levis to Kentucky a couple years ago. This is what it is. Well, in all fairness, Will Levis would still be the backup to Clifford two years Sean later. Sean Clifford's got three or four years of eligibility left. I'm not sure what he's got. Did like. you see the kid from Oregon who's coming back seventh. for his ninth season? Ninth? Yeah. I saw a seventh the other day because ninth. of a medical redshirt. Uh, the good news for Louisville, Monty Montgomery got a medical redshirt. He's coming back next year, the linebacker. So that's great news for the Cards. Uh, all right. Well, I don't want to pile on here. Lipscomb 75, Louisville 67. The Cards didn't score in the final 319. L. Ellis 24. Sidney Curry had 12. They were the only two in double figures. I said this after the win over Western Kentucky. Louisville's not going to shoot 50% very often. They shot 55% against WKU. They're not going to make 19 out of 20 free throws very often. They're not going to shoot over 50% from three very often. Let's don't get excited. This is a Lipscomb team that is now 8-5. and five. They're in the Atlantic Sun. Hello, Bellerman. And their tape, if you scouted them, was simple. They run a lot of back doors. Back cuts, back screens. They want layups. They get layups. Defend down low. You're bigger as Louisville. Louisville's the 10th biggest team in the country. Think about that. With Huntley Hatfield. Curry, Roosevelt Wheeler, who I know doesn't play a whole lot, Withers, they've got size. Did Withers even play a whole lot last night? Uh, I don't look at the minutes. But I don't, he, I don't he remember played. seeing him a lot. 
just defend the basket. Don't let them get layups. They had 30 layups last night. They missed some of them, but they had 30 layups. That's scouting. That's simple. That's execution. Now, Kenny Payne said he didn't think his players took Lipscomb seriously. How do you not take a team seriously that's favored in the game? They're favored. They were a one-point, one-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you went. Mm, when I bet it, it was Lipscomb was the underdog. Well, when I bet it, they were the favorite. Wow. We both won. Yeah. <laughs> Louisville shouldn't take anyone lightly with the way this season's gone. That's just ludicrous in the first place. And for Kenny to say that in the post game, and then for Jalen Withers to get up on the mic and say, yeah, he did warn us, and, uh, and maybe we were a little lackadaisical in warm-ups and in practice, that's unacceptable at this point. Mm-hmm. You're 2-9 and nine going into that game. You cannot be lackadaisical. In fact, you should be the opposite of whatever the opposite of lackadaisical is. You should be throwing yourself on the floor in practice. 40 to 26. 40 to 26 rebounding edge for the Bisons. Again, against a bigger team. Rebounding, I've been told a million times by coaches, is effort. Rebounding is effort. Because you got to find your your guy, you got to block him out, and then you got to go get the ball. And he's trying to do the same thing to you. He's trying to find you, get you out of the way, go get the ball. Who wins that battle? It's all about effort. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they win another game. Wake Forest, who we were laughing about last yeah. week. Beat Remember Duke. that? Yeah. We were laughing. They beat Duke. Granted, Duke was shorthanded, but still. And it was at Wake. <laughs> I don't know who they beat. Yeah. Virginia Tech. Georgia no. Tech. Boston College, maybe. Boston College, maybe. But if look, you're not beating Bellarmine. App State, Lipscomb, Wright State. You're not beating Boston College or Georgia Tech if you're not beating those teams on your home floor. And you got waxed by Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. Who might be the worst team in the ACC? Crush you in, in Tallahassee. I don't know where you go. I said this. Look, I said this before the Florida A&M game. I don't know where you go. They were winless. You win a couple in a row. All right. All right. Hang on. I mean, everybody's getting happy now. Now you got Kentucky. Is that their next game? It's probably going to be a a mad Kentucky team, right? Probably not going to be a happy Kentucky team, even if they beat Florida A&M by 100 tonight. Uh, Let's check the Louisville schedule. Why not? I think it's their next game. No, no, no. They play NC State tomorrow night. I was going to say, that's a long break. Yeah. But but you know what? They've got nine days off after the NC State game. Uh, at NC State tomorrow night, ACC Network, 7 o'clock. We'll talk more about that game tomorrow. Uh, NC State is 10-3. and three. What's the spread, Scooter? 12. Mm, not yeah. enough. Yeah, Just not, not enough. En- not enough, yeah. Ed Peak will join me in studio tomorrow as we round out the week. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act.